Welcome to Birkbeck Voices. I'm Louisa Ackerman and today I'm talking to Liz Hornby, a PhD candidate in Birkbeck's Department of Management. She will be delivering a talk about the way we talk about whistleblowing on Thursday 15th of November at Birkbeck's Stratford campus as part of our Big Ideas lecture series. This is our free public lecture series which brings groundbreaking Birkbeck research to our local communities. The events are open to everyone and free to attend, but they do require booking. I will leave the link to book a place in the description of this podcast. So could you tell us a little bit about what your session will address? Thanks, Louisa. Yes, I'm going to be talking about uh, some aspects of my PhD research. Um, I'm a part-time PhD student at Birkbeck, and I work full-time in the financial services industry. So the working title of my PhD paper is Talking About Whistleblowing, and it's a discourse analysis of institutionalised whistleblowing in the UK banking industry. Uh, As I'm sure you all know, whistleblowing is a really hot topic at the moment, uh, all the way from Hollywood to Canary Wharf, Uh, but the meaning of whistleblowing is actually really hard to pin down, both in the uh, academic literature and also outside of it. It's actually, you might be surprised to know, a relatively new term. It was only first coined in the mid-1970s by an American activist called uh, Ralph Nader. And since then, its meaning has been shaped by prevailing social norms. Anything um, from the act of a disgruntled and disloyal employee through to a socially aware and courageous uh, hero. So my PhD focuses specifically on institutionalised whistleblowing. So I'll just say a little bit more about that. Um, Institutionalised whistleblowing is characterised by the implementation of organisational level policies that permit and sometimes require a whistleblower to use those or at least consider using those uh, before going outside the organisation to make a disclosure. And this is a growing trend at the moment in a number of sectors, uh, including health, education, policing and financial services. So that brings me back to financial services uh, where I work. Uh, Since September 2016, it's actually been mandatory for all UK banks to have a whistleblowing policy, uh, one that provides protections for whistleblowers and channels for whistleblowing within the bank. Uh, That makes the UK banking industry a really good focus for this research. It's also interesting because the sector is so highly regulated. So employees are subject to a range of legal, regulatory and contractual duties to make reports and to escalate to any concerns. So it's helpful to compare and contrast these with whistleblowing to try and identify what makes whistleblowing different. So my research focuses on the UK banking industry and explores how the prevailing whistleblowing discourse has developed within that sector and why. And when you say the whistleblowing discourse, what exactly do you mean by that? So in simple terms, discourse means how we talk about something uh, in text, speech, images and so forth. Uh, The words we use and the meanings that they convey. Many academics actually go beyond that definition and would argue that discourse plays a formative role in everyday life. It not only represents the world, but it actually also constructs it. So Foucault, for example, uh, describes discourses as text and practices that systematically form the objects of which they speak. The idea is that the way we talk about whistleblowing actually shapes the meaning. It therefore follows that meanings are not fixed, but are shaped by the prevailing discourse. So it's a two-way process. 
It also means that the concept may have different meanings in different social contexts, and that's interesting in itself. Can you explain a bit more about what that might mean? Yes, of course. So shut your eyes for a moment and describe in your own head to yourself what whistleblowing is. What comes to mind? How would you explain whistleblowing to another person? Imagine now that you've been given the task of writing a whistleblowing policy for your organisation. You'll see immediately that it's a really tricky task and you would have to make lots of decisions in order to put that together. For example, in your mind, is whistleblowing a duty or is it a right? If it's a duty, is it a moral one? Is it a legal one? Is it a regulatory one or a contractual one? How does whistleblowing differ from other forms of reporting? And does the motivation for speaking up actually matter? Does it matter how, for instance, you raise your concern and who you speak to? So these are all pretty big questions and we'll be exploring some of these during the session. Uh, For my research, I started with the academic literature on whistleblowing. Um, And as part of that process, I identified two clearly distinct and conflicting ways about talking about whistleblowing. And I've labelled these uh, a prescriptive discourse and a conceptual discourse. So if I just briefly describe those, you'll see why I've chosen those labels. So the prescriptive discourse is exclusive in nature and closely defines each element of the definition to quite a granular level, i.e. who can blow a whistle, on what, to whom and so forth. This approach tends to closely mirror the wording used in legislation and regulation. The approach lends itself really well to writing policies and contemplates an individual who is blowing the whistle, doing so within the systems and controls of an organisation. One of the tendencies of prescriptive discourse is that whistleblowing becomes a duty with negative consequences for those who don't blow the whistle when they're aware of an issue within an organisation. And we'll talk about that um, on the 15th in a bit more detail. The conceptual discourse is really different and it rejects prescriptive uh, definitions. Instead, it focuses on the role of the whistleblower and the motivations of the whistleblower. So it uses phrases like speaking truth to power, which you may be familiar with. It's inclusive by nature and operates outside the systems of controls of the organisation. So a key element here is choice and freedom. So I've used these two separate discourses to create a framework for analysing the discourse within UK banks. And interestingly, my initial results show that both of these discourses are present uh, within the discourse within the financial services industry. And interestingly, they're usually present in the same documents, which can be uh, very confusing for the reader. And finally, what can we expect from your talk on the 15th? Well, as I've said, we'll be exploring some of these concepts um, in a bit more detail and looking at some real-life cases and scenarios. I'm planning for it to be a really interactive session, so I certainly won't be doing all of the talking, or at least that's what I hope. So we'll be addressing some of the questions like, can whistleblowing ever be captured um, in a policy? Does whistleblowing only ever happen outside the systems and controls of an organisation when trust is broken down between the organisation and the employee? And must whistleblowing always be a matter of freedom and personal choice or can it be a regulatory, legal or contractual duty? 
So I guess it would sum up uh, the session if I quote uh, George Orwell from the preface to Animal Farm when he said, liberty means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Thank you very much for joining me again. And if you would like to book your free place at Liz's Big Ideas Talk on the 15th of November, the link will be in the description below. We look forward to seeing you there.